Hey, hey D&D, D&D fam. fam, I'm Quick, and I'm Lee, and you're listening to Divas and Ducats. So what is a diva? I think divas get a bad rep, but to me, diva is all about the attitude. As for Ducat, it's your finances, your assets, Skrilla, Guap, your coin. We're talking all things with the potential to affect your pockets. And while we're attorneys by trade, we are divas by choice. Divas and Duckets is for entertainment purposes. Y'all, we are not Series 511 or <laughs> 703 professionals. This does not create a financial advisor nope, nope. or attorney-client relationship. The views expressed here are solely our opinions and the opinions of our guests. It's just our opinions, y'all. Okay, okay divas, divas, let's talk Duckets. Okay, hello D&D fam. Welcome back. We're excited to have you. As usual, we have an interesting topic on our diva docket. We are talking about kids cuz mm-hmm. either way, they're expensive. Whether you they're have so one, expensive. five, they cost. Ooh, um, I'm just some people have five. <laughs> so, before that, make sure if you're watching, you click the bell and subscribe to our channel so you are up to date with anything we come up with. And if you prefer to listen, either way, go to our site, www.divasandducats.com. Make sure you also sign up. We have a little letter that mm-hmm. comes out, a little tickler, whenever we're doing something. So just making sure you stay up to date. All right. And we have a sponsor. Boop, boop, boop. Boop, 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 boop. So this episode is sponsored by Hunter's Affordable Bail Bonding. They have been serving Charlotte and the surrounding areas for over 20 years. Um, they have four offices in Mecklenburg, Union, Laurenburg, and Robinson counties. That's mm-hmm. here in North Carolina. Um, they are licensed, though, to handle every county in the state of North Carolina. So if you know someone who needs, you know, a little assistance, getting out, you know, had a little too much fun over the weekend, got sent to <laughs> the pokey, then <laughs> hit them up. No bail is too big or small. Um, their number is 704-377-3733. Again, that is 704-377-3733. And their office in Charlotte is located downtown at 428 East 4th Street, Suite 400. And we will have that information in the show notes. So if you are driving, you do not have to try to remember it. Amen. Don't do that. <laughs> All right. So let's get into it. Yes. Let's talk about it. So kids are expensive. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is like, I mean, it's an ideal topic for divas and duckets, right? Because they are child care mm-hmm. and elder care. The two, what are the two biggest expenses that you can have in your lifetime. Um, and you know, zero to 17 is for, for most, Mm -hmm. some people, you know, love their children and they go through 25, but those, those obligatory years (laughs) are zero to 18. That's a long time. And it, Mm -hmm. it, it costs. Um, I think in 2021, they said the average cost of a middle income two parent household to raise one child was 233,000 dollars and then for a lower income it wasn't much further off it was like one hundred and seventy two thousand dollars so whatever your income bracket is a struggle right right it's 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 very very expensive Mm -hmm. yeah okay so what like what is driving that is it because you know i mean obviously they're in daycare Mm -hmm. until they go Mm -hmm. to school but like what what is it? Is this feeding them? <laughs> well, I mean, definitely the the cost of I mean, food is ridiculous. Obviously, mm-hmm. now if you're going into a grocery store, I saw the funniest TikTok the other day. This guy was in the he was I think he was in Publix or something. Mm-hmm. And at first it started out at like forty five dollars, and the guy might have rung up one or two things, and it would shoot up to like two hundred dollars. He was like, stop. Stop, hold on. I didn't come here for all this. I need Girl, to think about it. Every time I go to the teeter, I just be looking like, the teeter is kind of like Target. You start to look like, what did I buy? Right. And that's the thing. Like, you feel like, what did you buy? I mean, you definitely don't come out with a stack of meat. Like, you used to no. get for two, $300. I'm military raised. So, mm-hmm. You know, we went to a commissary. Man, you could have two buggies. You did. Now, 
you're going to have a bad fool. <laughs> right? So, I mean, if you talk, think about that's just you. Yeah. Imagine trying to feed four and five kids, and the minimum wage is not going up. It is definitely not sustainable for what the cost of living is it's mm -hmm. for yourself and then much less to raise a child. Yeah. So um, I think um, food is definitely a large part of it. I, mm -hmm. Clothes can be. Um, I think for girls, it's easier to dress them younger. Um, you know, we yeah, can go to the Sheens and the Amazons and all that stuff. It's harder to dress boys because, you know, when they get to around, I don't know, 13, probably 12, 13. My son doesn't necessarily care about name brands right now, mm -hmm. but he is paying attention to his. He's starting to pay attention to his shoes, what uh, kind of okay. shoes he has on. Mm -hmm. it. You know, you can't get him the, the Skechers anymore no. and, you know, certain things. So mm -hmm. I think clothing for a boy can be very expensive during that child, you know, during those years. Yeah. For a girl, it becomes makeup and hair. Um, but I think... Nowadays, when you think about like kids that go to, go to college and they're mm -hmm. going into college and they're getting these scholarships, like the kids nowadays do a whole lot of different stuff. They're involved. Than, yes, than mm -hmm. what we did. We came out, you know, having an A was enough. Having an A yeah. and a B was enough to get into scholarships. But now these kids have community service. Mm -hmm. They've been running in AAU. You know, kids did it back then, but not as prevalent as it is now. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean... Yeah. Five years old, they're in three and four sports. You know, my yeah. son is in jujitsu. He's in track. Mm -hmm. He said he don't want to do track next year, but we're going straight into baseball. We're trying to figure out those sports. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. those uniforms, traveling, like it's not the way it would. Like you don't usually get into sports or whatever you desire in your passion mm -hmm. in middle school and high school anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, those are huge, huge huge expenses <laughs> when you start talking about registration and uniforms mm -hmm. and like I said most of these AAU teams travel I mean uh, right now his track team is in Florida and it, easily $1,500 to $2,000 just to get down there that's not what you get right that's, that's getting down there in registration that's it so um, and then you know for some parents, especially, like, I'll, I'll talk about a two-income, you know, a married couple family, because usually those kids are not going away to a different parent for summer, right? Yeah. So, in those, you have summer camps. Mm -hmm. um, now, my son is also in, in summer camp, but those summer camps are not cheap. They're just almost as expensive yeah. as daycare, if not more so. Um, they could range from $170. I haven't seen too many cheaper than $100. Um, $100 a week? A week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they're like $170. Um, I just paid $18 for three weeks for Mason. Is um, that like do up front or am I paying every week? <laughs> you can't. So the, his registration for his particular camp can be done every week. Oh, okay. Um, but you get it, you know, they always give you a discount for doing mm -hmm. it. Up front. Right. In yeah. advance. Um, so, but they have camps that range. I had a friend recently send me a camp that was through the YMCA that dealt with selling and all mm -hmm. of these, you know, it's elaborate. Yeah. That kid was $5,000. Oh, no. For, now, it was overnight. It was four weeks. I mean, but, you know, like these are these are costs. And I guess that's kind of maybe some of the difference with a middle income and, and a lower yeah, income because the lower income ain't that. thinking about that's no right, selling. I'm not going to do that. Right. But, you know, those camps are out there and they could be very, very expensive. So just because mm -hmm. daycare ends, and I think a lot of... Um, Especially, you know, we'll get into this later, but when you think about um, child support and um, guardianship and, mm -hmm. you know, legal custodians versus non-legal custodians, a lot of people do feel like, well, they're no longer in daycare. The expenses are gone. Got you. And that's definitely not. I think this, the expenses just transfer and into I other think, things. Not saying whether it's wrong, right, or in between. I think some of that thought process is there is because they feel like, it's optional. Mm -hmm. I think those who feel right, that right, way, right, it's right, like, okay, well, right. I have to have you somewhere. Right. I can't just, like, we have dogs. Mm -hmm. I can leave my dog literally in the laundry room <laughs> and have someone check right. on, on her right. here and there as much as I right. want to. Nobody's going to call right. the police. Right. But you can't leave a child in the laundry room True. True. all day. So it's like, you know, daycare, I have to have right. you somewhere. It's an obligation. Whereas they yeah. feel like, well, they don't, don't have, have to be to in track. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I think some of it, like I said, whether you're not, it's like, yeah. it's 
kind of like they view it as like I guess the version of like when you want to get something done medically, it's like oh well that's cosmetic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can understand that thought process for sure. Mm-hmm. So and thinking about all that mm-hmm. because this is the first. So I'm a I'm a millennial, and you know we get a lot of crap. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but this is the first. Gen, the millennials and I guess certainly Gen Z. I'm, I'm not sure fully their statistics. Mm. But we are the first generation who statistically the way things have trended with like the economic downfalls, everything like that, that are doing worse than the generation before us. Mm. Because usually that's the whole point, right? Is like you get out there, you work and you try to make it or make it a little easier for your children. Mm -hmm. Give your children the leg up to go further than you went, whatever that looks like. right? Right. So for some people that might be like, I didn't go to college. My kid goes to mm-hmm, college. For mm-hmm, some people, mm-hmm. you know, it, it varies. It's certainly subjective depending on, you know, who your parents were. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, millennials, because if you think about it, I was somewhere in college with the whole 08 crisis. Mm-hmm. So you come out and there aren't jobs like that. Then you go through, you know, that whole situation. It really wasn't improving even if you go to grad school. You get, you know, maybe two, three more years you're not working, but it was still kind of slow if you're thinking like, early 2010s mm-hmm. then you have on top of that student loan debt which mm. is affecting your ability to get a house i think they're doing certain things now where they've worked with it but there were a lot of situations where kids not kids but folks who went to school and accrued student loan debts were not eligible because of their debt because of their, right mm-hmm. so that's why some of those things are you know cycling now where they're like yeah this generation is not doing as well wow. as the like the boomers or the Probably if you're millennial, you were probably a boomer, maybe a Gen X Mm -hmm. was your parent. So it's like, that's the thing. And so in saying all that, there are many millennials who are choosing for various reasons not to have children. One of them Mm -hmm. being like, they're expensive and I already, I ain't got it. Right. So let's kind of shift to, especially as women, I I don't know that there's as much stigma with men who don't have children. Maybe for a certain age, maybe, but... Mm -hmm. I think my experience, I've heard more of a stigma when a woman either doesn't have children or says she doesn't want mm-hmm, children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's let's kind of <laughs> venture into that. Um, so I, it feels like there's a damned if you do, damned if you don't mm-hmm. situation with children and women. Mm-hmm. Um. So there was this recent, like, like you said, TikTok, and the girl was just like doing makeup or whatever. It was one of those audio, and she's like, um, you know, work like you don't have kids, but don't abandon your child. Like all of these things that just oh, yeah, opposed each other. That. It was like, you know, that. don't be too emotional at work, but don't act like a man if you want people to like you. It was just that constant, that like. It doesn't make sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of thing, expectation. And so the juggle. Yes. Yeah. And so one of the things that I think as women, especially once you're I'll say it maybe 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 starts around late twenties. Uh yeah, probably late twenties. So you're told, you know, when you're in your twenties, you're a teen, you're in college, like, oh, take your have time, fun. have fun. All of that, right? As you get into your late twenties, they kind of start to eye you a little bit. Like, what's what's going you on? Too much fun, babe. Are you, you know, you thinking about you getting your thirties? You ain't had no baby. It starts to be like, are you thinking about your legacy? I mean, are you just are you really just gonna give that up? It starts to be a thing where if you don't want a child or haven't had a child as a woman of a certain age, mm-hmm. it's selfish suddenly, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or it's um, you're not fulfilling. Your right. your your duty, right? If you don't have children, or you truly can't be happy, that or you're incomplete, mm-hmm, and it's just mm-hmm. like one of the things. First off, I want to pause and say because I've had just several friends and family members. You don't know unless a woman just voices it. You don't know what her situation is if she does not have children. So it could be a situation where she wanted children and maybe she's had miscarriages. Maybe you know she's been unable to conceive Mm -hmm. like not even to the point of being getting pregnant you don't really know what's going on with that woman to know why she doesn't have kids so first i just think it's rude from that standpoint period and 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 with that i think more so of the rudeness to me tends to come from family right Mm -hmm. because they're because of the familiarity Mm -hmm. that they have with you like they still feel like they can say things i think 
from what I've seen mm-hmm. generally in, in public, like strangers' friends, mm-hmm. I feel like people are starting to become more sensitive yeah. to that as more women speak up about infertility mm-hmm. and, you know, issues with trying to conceive. Yeah. But with family, it's still like... You just don't want, like, something wrong with you. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. And I think that's the thing. But I think on the opposite side, the women who, you know, let's say the woman is, like, more of a career woman mm-hmm. and is really doing well in whatever it is that she does, she becomes selfish when she doesn't kind of drop what she's doing or step back in what she's doing mm-hmm. if she has kids. The woman who mm-hmm. says, like, well, I got a nanny and this is how we're going to do it, then it becomes a selfishness from that mm-hmm. standpoint. But then you got the stay-at-home mama. If she stays at home and takes care of her kids and maybe, you know, maybe husband's salary holds it down, whatever the situation is, then she's lazy. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, (laughs) do what you you going to do, do, sis. Right. I mean, what you doing? That ain't no job. I mean, why are you too tired to cook? You ain't doing nothing but taking care of the kids. I'm going to tell you, there was a situation. (laughs) It's funny now. I had my niece, my niece's little friend, they're five. And the little friend's um, baby sister, I had basically three kids and it was just me. It was three hours. And I was like, exhausted. Mm -hmm. I'm having to make sure they stay where they're supposed to stay. I had a meeting. The baby won't let me do nothing unless I'm holding her. I was like, oh, this, oof. Mm -mm." And that was a primer. Again, that was babysitting. And I was like, yeah, this three kids life ain't for me. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like. I, I wish more. First of all, yeah. to the stay-at-home fathers. But I wish more of them would speak up because I think if a man hears that from a man, when, it, when we say it's just complaining, mm-hmm. right, we should just be able to bear it. Mm-hmm. But I think if a man spoke up to it that has actually experienced the ex- sheer exhaustion that you would get from mm-hmm. staying home and raising kids and trying to be all things and cleaning, cleaning up three, four, five times a day for you to come home from that job to a clean home, and not getting adult time. Yeah. If you think about it, you're interacting Around at certain <laughs> points with adults or whatever. Yeah. And that person is with, has been with kids all day. <laughs> and then they might want to have some adult time, mm-hmm. some wine or whatever. And you tired from working. Right. And looking like, I mean, you ain't got no hobbies. Right. So, yeah. and I think that when you say that, it points it out like in terms of the women are expected to bear it. Like that just goes into, it just reinforces <laughs> the patriarchy mm-hmm. but so mm-hmm. i just i don't know to that i say like do your thing because like i've even been told just personal experience like i'm mid-30s mm-hmm. so i just for me not knocking whoever wants to do more or whatever for me i know that i want to live a certain lifestyle i love to travel i don't want to have to stop doing that mm-hmm. um and like no shade. I don't want to just take kids trips. Like, I don't want to just be like, I don't, I don't. I mean, it's great, but I'm like, I want my stamp and I didn't have to like break out the goldfish and juices. I don't want to do that all the time. So when, when I factor that in and I factor in my age, I'm at the point of maybe I still lean child, but I lean child singular. Like, that's where I'm at. Right. And I have even been told, like you said, family, people familiar with you, like, oh, no, that's selfish. You should have two. They need a playmate. They need someone to go through life with. And when you're gone, someone's been in the same house. And I'm like, I feel like you just need to, so- I mean, not that they're dogs, but you just need to socialize your child not to be a mess just because they're our only child. And I think they'll be fine. Like, there's cousins. There's friends. Right. I just, so it's like, even that, like, people will try to, I think, dictate what you should be doing based on either what they want Mm -hmm. for you or what, like, they've done. Mm -hmm. Like, some, I don't, I don't want to say it, like, as a, like, I don't know, people see me just being free and having fine Auntie Summer and, like, oh, let me, let me reel that in. I don't think it's that necessarily, but it's just, like, some people have a vision for you mm. that isn't your vision, right? Mm-hmm. And I just, I'd be like, well, listen, it should be easier when I ask you to watch my one child. It should be no problem. Right. So. And then also to that, I mean, 
talking ducats, like people are always want to be in your ovaries telling you to have kids. And like you said, you have one and then that's not enough. When's the next one? That child ain't even six months yet. Mm -hmm. Like it's always what's next. Right. What's mm -hmm. next? And who forking over the daycare? That part. Because these daycare, like a, like the <laughs> decent ones, whatever that looks like for you, you paying at least a thousand a month. At least. And so, and when you have two, they give you a little discount, but then you're still paying your mortgage. Right. You're paying fifteen, sixteen hundred, unless right. you're lucky enough to maybe have like grandma, you know, the first couple years grandma or somebody. But child, these new grandmas they ain't even called grandma. And that no more. part, that's what I was about to say. Me. And none of them stopping Me. to come live with you no more Me. to raise the kids. Nah, nah, uh -uh. Glamma, DD, <laughs> yeah. all of these names is just not grandma. They are not stopping their life to watch the babies okay. every day. They're not doing it. No. You gonna get your day with grandma. And that's fine, but it's just, again, things have changed. It's not like you could say, okay, well, until my baby's three, you're going to stay with mm -hmm, grandma, and then mm -hmm. I'm going to put you in daycare so you can get, like, mm -hmm. the ABCs right, and all the things, right. that, all the benefits of, like, learning with kids or yeah, whatever. they but, living their best life. Mm-hmm. So I just, yeah, to that I say, like, really, you know, ladies, those able to, you know, reproduce in whatever capacity, do what you want to do because mm -hmm. somebody's going to have something to say. Either way. Right. And, and, the, and that's also, so that's a good segue into reproduction because that girl. is also a factor. Girl. So. <laughs> Hella expensive. Here's the thing. Especially, I know a while ago we did the episodes on like job hunting mm -hmm. and resignation flex. One of the things that I will say, if you are looking into different companies, study their benefits mm. because some of these companies pay for fertility um treatments and different procedures and some of them do but there's several caveats mm -hmm. so really be sure you understand it because um like the average cost of egg freezing right now which is essentially they make you the doctors make you um produce a bunch of eggs and then they trigger your body to ovulate and then they go in and take as many eggs as they can and freeze them mm -hmm. until you're ready to have children that costs average eight to fifteen thousand dollars so just that process not even just the process you still have to pay another so usually to unfreeze them and go through the process mm. of them like implanting and um fertilizing an egg because that's a um they freeze eggs and embryos so like okay. just the um what do they call it oocyte is an unfertilized egg okay but the embryo is fertilized so it just depends on where you are if you have a partner that you like i want to have babies with them then that's you know skip a step but if you freeze <laughs> eggs, they're going to have to take the sperm, fertilize the egg, and then implant you. And that's still another six to 10,000. So mm -hmm. if you actually, you know, need to use them. Now, storage isn't that bad. Like, storage is average, like, a one to 200 um, 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 months. So comparatively, the storage is cheaper than the other stuff. Okay. But um, it's 26,000 for those that are keeping count. Yeah, so you're paying about a thousand twelve hundred dollars a year to store the eggs, mm -hmm. um, and many of them have clauses where they'll only store them to a certain age. So once you're like forty five for some, they won't implant just because I guess the risk and all of that. So like that's some of it too to really think about. Um, the average cost of in in vitro, which is basically the situation I just talked about, where they are fertilizing your egg outside of your body and then putting the egg, um, the fertilized egg in. That could be be between twelve to twenty thousand mm. dollars. Medication, of course, drives it up towards that twenty five thousand. Um, IUIs, which is similar to in vitro, but my understanding of it is they basically, um, not to be crude, but picture like the turkey baster situation. Like they basically put the semen up there. Okay. So instead of it happening in like a petri dish, it happens okay. like Inside. yeah, yeah. Okay. That is about a thousand per round right now. So if it's not successful, like each round counts mm. them, yeah, a thousand per round. Um, so yeah, yeah, y'all please check out insurance. It is really expensive, and they suggest for like egg freezing, you do it by around mid to late thirties for to have your best like viability chances in terms of the they test them for genetic abnormalities mm -hmm. so all of that they they suggest you do it in your 30s if you're gonna do it and so i didn't know that's new to me i did not know that they still have the age uh barrier or restriction i guess on implanting the embryo or implanting the trying to get you pregnant basically at 45 i thought that was mm -hmm. kind of the whole point of freezing your eggs so yeah so i will say 
now it's just from the the clinic I went through. I'm not sure like if that's just the industry standard mm-hmm. or what. But I will say I mean, it makes when, sense. The risks are still there for birth. Yeah. So yeah. So when I went through the process, I um basically had to sign up over some papers where I had to determine basic like if you pass. Do you want the decision of what happens to your eggs to be left to a partner or someone? If so, who? Or do you want Hmm. the egg? Do you want them destroyed? Or, yeah, I had to make the decision of um, after a certain amount of time, I think it was like that 45 age, do I want to donate to science or do I want to do that? So, like, you literally had to decide in different scenarios what do you want to happen to your eggs. Wow. Um, and then within that, it yeah, it did say like 45 was the limit of if you're going to implant these eggs, you got to do this by 45. Um, and then I think they'll store them, but then at a certain, at another age, I can't remember the benchmark, but after that, they just like either destroy them or study them or whatever, mm-hmm. like you're not able to use them. Now, I think some of that is certainly dealing with the risk of involved in like getting pregnant at that age and all of that. But I think also some of it is like viability. Mm. They Mm -hmm. say, I don't remember the percentage now, embryos statistically unthaw better at a more successful rate than eggs for whatever reason, like Mm. the unfertilized eggs. Um, One of the things that helped me, so in my process, um, so let me take you back. I decided around 33 um, to get mine done just because I was at that phase where I was like, I don't know if I want to do this, but I don't want to have issues conceiving mm-hmm. if I do. Um, you know, talked a lot about on the show about my, you know, PCOS mm-hmm. and um, not sure if that's going to be a hindrance. So, like, let me just do this and, like, secure that. So they literally, you know, have a consultation with you. They explain the, the whole process um, and they do an ultrasound to kind of see where you are. Um, and they determine, like, I guess, based on where you are in the menstrual cycle, you know, that whole every 28 days, right. they, um, start you on medication. So at first you actually have to go through some kind of lender, unless you just have the funds for who's going to finance the medicine, the medication mm-hmm. costs about $10,000 insurance. If depending on the, again, depending on your circumstance will cover up to 25,000 in medication. So, but through my, the whole process or for just the beginning of this process for the for your lifetime. So whatever you're doing, the insurance will cover up to twenty five thousand. Okay. So, um, what they have you do is they teach you how to. You spend one of your appointments. They teach you how to inject yourself. Mm-hmm. So, and the whole the actual process, at least of the egg freezing, was really only like two to three weeks. Okay. Um, but it's an intense two to three weeks. So, um, the first basically 10 days you're injecting yourself with two medications and both of them basically stimulate your body to produce more eggs because usually in a menstrual cycle you produce one egg Mm -hmm. and you ovulate and if nothing happens you lose your egg half period so it's wanting you to make more because it's like i want to freeze these eggs we're not gonna go through this every month for (laughs) right right, 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 right so um every two or three days though within that two week process you're going back to the doctor they're going in with that ultrasound to look at what your ovaries are doing. And they literally look like black holes. You can just see your ovaries starting to fill up. And it's uncomfortable because you start to feel, I'm ne- I don't know if this is what pregnancy feels like, but you start to feel kind of bloated. Like mm-hmm. you start to feel like you're, you're like you carrying something. It just starts to feel a little heavy over the process. Plus, you know, hormones. Mm-hmm. So you're doing that. Like I said, going to the doctor every two to three days for like 10 to 12 days. When they are satisfied, because within the ultrasound, they're looking at your eggs. They're also looking at the size of the eggs. Like, they're taking all kind of little measurements. Um, And so they kind of tell you how to adjust the medicine. Because medicines have the different, like, milligrams on there. You can literally turn it like a little pin and, Mm -hmm. like, um, stick yourself. Um, So, again, if you're a little squeamish, you might have to have someone do it for you. I was a G, so I was just (laughs) doing it, getting it done. Um, so around day 12, they look at you and they give you um, what's called a trigger shot. So it triggers your body to ovulate. So the mm. whole time they're stimulating you, but you're trying to make they're making sure you don't ovulate because that's when they're going to go retrieve them. Okay. So the trigger shot was like HCG, I believe. Um, and they do that within like 36 hours of them actually going in and, and doing the retrieval. Um, the retrieval was very... Um, 
I won't say low maintenance, but it was just very like chill process. You go into the clinic, they um, give you medication, they do put you to sleep. Um, the procedure is like maybe 30 minutes and they retrieve your eggs and then they tell you how many they retrieved and maybe a day later they tell you how many they actually froze because they do the genetic testing on the eggs to make sure they're viable oh, okay. before they freeze them because that the makes point. sense um so and an important thing i don't know what's going to change with that whole like roe v wade i don't know if that's going to change with them being able to discard the mm. non-viable eggs but so the benefit because usually it's not a benefit the one benefit of me having pcos is I produce because I don't ovulate regularly. I was able to produce more eggs mm. than most women in my age range. Okay. Um. So in my process, all that stimulation, they retrieved forty nine eggs Ooh. and they froze thirty seven. So that's good. Theoretically, I have like thirty seven little. You got thirty seven babies. Mm -hmm. Thirty seven of them. Um. Now, <laughs> really good. Unthaw wise, I think maybe I think they said like sixty percent of them survived that. So. What's the okay? So okay. I might really have more like closer to twenty. Okay. When, if if and when I choose to do that. The bad about my experience, I will say, I had called. Make sure when if you're gonna do this, call your insurance company. Take down the employee's number. Take down their employee ID number if they have something like that, and really understand fully what is covered. Because mm -hmm. I was actually told I had her name and everything. Because I'm usually really good about what's your name and right. And I was told, yeah, it covers it. I was told the limits and everything. So I'm like, cool, let me reach my deductible and then y'all taking care of the rest. I got a letter because apparently my company had changed some things. I got a letter that cryopreservation, as it's called, which is egg freezing, was not covered for me unless I had a diagnosis of being infertile or I was freezing embryos due to having like a cancer that would affect my re reproductive abilities that's limiting right so <laughs> again we've been going back and forth <laughs> to this day because if you put in a document that this is covered you need to be very thorough you need to vote it for me that because not saying that i would not have done it but i would have certainly maybe stocked up the hsa right, more right, or right. you know been able to prepare other, differently yeah, yeah. caveat so I think really, 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 if you're thinking about it, make sure you talk that through and understand if there's any limitations because they will hit you with that $8,000 bill mm -hmm. that, oh, we didn't cover this. So that's one thing. If I could do it over again, like I thought I had crossed my right, T's and right. dotted my I's, but apparently if your employer changes something within that, uh, I guess, benefit year, you could be SOL. So... Mm -hmm. Just something to think about. And then another way to use um, insurance for the benefit first. I know you mm -hmm. mentioned, like you said, you would stock up on your HSA. Mm -hmm. um, so if you are, if you do have children mm -hmm. and you have those options at your job, please, please, please use them. I think for currently at um, my job, we can use it up to 13 years old for the FSA, okay. um, which is your flexible spending account. So basically mm -hmm. what it is, is pre-tax dollars that go into an account and you can usually use them for summer camps, daycare, um, anything that's related to having to take care of that child. Um, most of the time it's so you can go to work, really, mm -hmm. that's what it is. <laughs> um, so it's not, you know, to, it's not your personal tutoring. You know, mm -hmm. my son takes Spanish lessons. I can't write that off mm -hmm. um, because that has nothing to do with me trying to go to work. But summer camp, like how, how does he have to get taken care of so I can be able to leave to go to work? And it, gotcha. you can still use it even if you're remote because mm -hmm. um, you're still having to work just because you're not having to leave a house. Yeah. Um, so make sure, you know, you're not, I don't know what the, I'm not going to even try to begin to tell you what the, max numbers are that you can mm -hmm. you know donate each year yeah but definitely look into your flex spending account because it's also like i said a benefit to you because it is pre-tax dollars so you can what basically how it works is you take those pre-tax dollars that go into a fsa account mm -hmm. you go to your child goes to summer camp your child goes to um grandma your child goes somewhere where you're having to pay some money for that and then you can get you get reimbursed mm -hmm. so you pay in advance you go to your fsa account and then they reimburse you they can also pay directly to the provider i always just do um 
reimbursement so you don't have to pay it in advance for those that you might not be able to yeah. you can have them pay directly to the provider so you're not coming out of pocket with that money mm -hmm. um and then your hsa is usually more so for you mm -hmm. um but it's also again also pre-tax dollars and you can use it for um insurance purses anything that's that's medical and unlike your fsa your fsa um only rolls over i think maybe two or three months into the new year oh. and and then it expires so if you don't use that money you lose that money mm -hmm. so if and again if you have an fsa luckily i don't know how but my um fsa that i have for 2021 mm -hmm. did not expire in march 2022 mm -hmm. i would have lost a couple thousand dollars um so make sure that you are checking your fsa and using what is in your FSA before it expires? Your HSA is like a yeah. it's like a savings account, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't expire. You can contribute um, whatever the maximum is for that year. Again, pre-tax dollars, and like she said, you can use it for your medical costs. You can yeah. use it basically just like an insurance card. You can use it when you go to Walgreens to mm -hmm. pay for your prescriptions, to yeah. pay for pads, you, anything that's like medical. You can use your HSA. HSA for it and it does yep. not expire. Yep. So if you're not contributing to that, it does help you with pre-tax dollars, mm -hmm. contribute to it. Yeah. And just thinking about like ways to save. So there's various things, if you do have kids, mm -hmm. um, because we were talking about a friend of yours, um, I think she wants to be a nurse, their niece wants to be a nurse, mm -hmm. got a scholarship, like $100,000 worth, but still has to chip in. And I was like, well, how much is tuition mm -hmm, at this place? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, it ain't been that long since I've been out of school, oh but gosh, it has yeah. almost tuition at in-state schools has almost doubled in 10 years. And so one of the things like the average in North Carolina is what, like what? 10,000 a year for before room and board, because that's right. what really drives it up. Is right. Room and board. Right. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It is crazy. Um, one of the things, and Quick could certainly talk to the 529 a little bit more than me um, in terms of the limitations, but I know a lot of people do the 529 plans, or mm -hmm. I'll even see is kind of really cute when people have kids, they'll be like, contribute to so-and-so's 529. Mm -hmm, I'm like, look at y'all being responsible. Mm -hmm. um, but I think they are limited to um, certain types of education. Mm -hmm. So if your kid doesn't go to school, a trade school, or uh, yeah, yeah, if your kid chooses like I'm not really doing school, it's like uh, you're gonna be coming, uh. right? But other ways you can, and I mean the interest rates are going up a little bit. But I am not a fan of most savings accounts. I just feel like <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, they're not making you any money. Like it's just like you're getting. I'm paying you to use my money, mm -hmm. but. Like brokerage accounts, for example, I'm sure every company you could think of has some kind of brokerage accounts. And it is literally your account is being invested and you can choose just like stocks. If you want to be aggressive, if you want to be more moderate, if mm -hmm. you want to be very safe. Um, so, you know, some people feel like, oh, if I'm putting my savings in this and the stock market is going up and down. Yeah, it is. It's kind of like your 401k mm -hmm. um, and really monitoring it and what's going on in your life. But it's your money is making money. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm at the point where I'm still aggressive. I'm like, let's do it. Not a problem. Certainly, you know, you could do that. And then maybe as your kid gets closer to, you know, teenager, be mm -hmm. like, let's dial this back because I ain't got time right. for that money not to right. be there in five years when I need it. So, you know, you could certainly adjust just like people do with their 401k sometimes. Sometimes as people get older, they choose to be less aggressive mm -hmm. and, you know, it makes sense. Um, so those are things to consider even outside the 529 if you want if you are in the position to you know save for your child's education again some people debate i don't have no dog in that fight but some people debate about if it's your responsibility to send the baby to school or not or whatever mm -hmm, if mm -hmm, you are mm -hmm. a parent who chooses to right. contribute to your child's education right. in whatever shape or form um those options don't have that limitation of it has to be a certain type of educational mm -hmm. experience um so say they want you know these kids take gap years let's say they want to i don't know go to europe and take some class whatever you can use that money to set them up mm -hmm. or at least give them a leg up or say like look i'm gonna give you this time you mm -hmm. can figure it out um so yeah those are just things i wanted to mention and then we also if you go back we did have uh, a expert come on an SME come on to talk about whole life insurance so mm -hmm. you know we are 
familiar with it. We have them, mm -hmm. um, but we can't speak to it as well as she did. So please go back to that episode um, talking about it was um, Emma Allen mm -hmm. with um, State Farm. So go back to that episode and listen to it. But another way that it is a way to save for your child mm -hmm. is to get a whole life insurance policy when they are really, really young. Yeah. Um, and the way it was explained to us um, when that when that whole life policy is paid in full, usually by the time the child is going to college, depending on how young you got it, um, and it doesn't cost a lot, but mm -hmm. depending on how, like I say, young you got it, it that um, policy can be paid in full by like 18, mm -hmm. 22 maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and at that time, that child could start using that money that's that's in there inside of that policy now it does go against the policy mm -hmm. um let's say you know that child can pull out five thousand dollars and put it towards uh whatever tuitions whatever they wanted to put it towards um it does come out of the policy so if that child pulled five thousand dollars out and they died that is going to be five thousand dollars off of that policy whenever they pass away until it's paid back in right but mm -hmm. you can use it like a savings account pull it out put mm -hmm. it put it back in um, even use it to pay on the payments for that policy. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times people let their policies lapse and they don't realize, hey, I have money in that whole life policy I could have pulled out to make these payments so the, the policy wouldn't lapse. Yeah. Um, but like I said, go back to that episode if you want to hear more about that and learn more about that. But it's also a very creative way mm -hmm. um, and cheap way to mm -hmm. start saving for your child um, and for you know, 50, 30, 40, 50,000 dollars depending on the, the policy that you mm -hmm. have. Mm -hmm. The really last two things mm -hmm. I want to point out because we talked about it. So the one thing, very quick, just in case, just something to consider. If you are thinking about having children and you're a woman and you're in your, um, you know, in your career, you're in your bag, you're working for a company, really be strategic um, mm -hmm. because, unfortunately, having children can can contribute yeah. to that. Uh, income gap that we know exists between men and women mm -hmm. in the same role. Mm -hmm. um, and really the way it happens is your merit bonus. Yeah. Um, because what happens is you say, I'm pregnant. Oh, congratulations. You're out. You know, if you're lucky to have maternity leave, you know, that's not guaranteed here. Um, you're out. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, with most companies, you have a mid-year review, an end-of-year review, and your bonus, if you have some kind of bonus, incentive plan, whatever, is based on a year of work and mm -hmm. you meeting certain um, metrics and meeting certain goals, et cetera. So if you're out for a portion of the year, mm -hmm. what happens is not saying that you won't get one, but it's kind of like, well, you haven't been here to really meet those and you haven't really been here to contribute in mm -hmm. whatever way. And so I don't think they say it this way because it's probably illegal, but <laughs> your your bonus is a little less than it would have been had you been there the whole year. Mm -hmm. And so suddenly, you know, that let's say you would have had $10,000 in a, in a bonus and you got five. Well, Bill got his full 10. So if you have two, three children, let's say you kept getting 5,000 instead of 10, you got 15 and Bill got, got third. Mm -hmm. And so you look at your compensation year over year, that starts to create, because if you think about it, when, when they do give you the little salary bump, it's based on where you are. So right. even it's just like you're never quite matched up where you should be. Mm -hmm. So it's just something to be not saying don't like don't have kids because of your bonus. I'm just saying uh, really be strategic in the timing. Uh, if you're going right. like you really got to, you know. If if you're able to plan it that way, like really be strategic, mm -hmm. and when you when you're out, yeah, that makes sense. Like a December date, <laughs> you can get back in there and be like, right. I was here. Don't you done play had me. your year in yeah, November. I, don't you play come me. Come back in in February, first quarter. You back in there. Come back in with that money. Right, Thank right, you. Right, right. Um. So yeah, and then the second thing was like, okay, this child support. So, <laughs> look, again, I don't have a dog in this fight. But some people, I, some people feel like, I guess, at a certain age, it should be less money or they shouldn't have to do as much or, you know, various arguments for what is done with the money. I will say this. Everyone's situation is different. Mm -hmm. So I can't say that mama who needs that money to contribute to the rent, which technically takes care of your child, 
I can't fault her. I will say something to consider if you are in the position to do so with the um, child support at a certain age. If you're able to put a little bit of that to the side for your child or make that like part of your child's like allowances, kids still get allowances, it's just something to consider, again, if you're in the financial position to mm-hmm. do so. Right. That's all I got to say. Mm. I'll <laughs> leave it alone. Look, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So for me, I mean, it took a while, you mm-hmm. know, to be, like you said, to be able to be in the financial position to do so and have the liberty to do so. But my son's child support check now goes into his account. Okay. And I've made a deal with him because first he showed me that he was financially responsible and mature enough to be mm-hmm. able to do that. He doesn't take his money and blow it on games. I do allow him to get games. Yeah. But, you know, we've had budgeting conversations. We mm-hmm. have those talks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I knew he's not a child that's going to go and blow money because he sees yeah, those large, you know, those numbers. Mm-hmm. So I made a deal with him that whatever he is able to save mm-hmm. by the time he graduates, I will match it. So it's an incentive for him to be able to save. Yeah. Again, I'm now in that position to do so. Could mm-hmm. I have done that when he was five? Absolutely not. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that there is that part. Mm-hmm. Um, my issue with child support, mm-hmm. um, especially with the numbers that we just crunched, when you're talking about $233,000 to raise a child, mm-hmm. if you are able and you, if you are able to be able to contribute to your child's mm-hmm. life, financially, mm-hmm. and it is not a burden on you to do so, mm-hmm. then you should do that, right? I mean, great that the courts say to do it this much, but I can guarantee you, if the courts tell you, based upon your income or her income, that you should only do 400 and you know that you can do 700 you don't necessarily have to give it to her, mm-hmm. but buy the shoes, buy the clothes, because I can guarantee you the liberties that you have and the freedom and not being that full-time custodian that stuff costs. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like it's like when you're talking about again, like you said, some people do view it as, well, that child doesn't have to go to track. That child mm-hmm. doesn't have to have a Spanish tutor. That, mm-hmm. But don't you want your child to be in the best position? Like, I mean, don't yeah. you want them to be able to play sports or, you know, get those extra grades and they struggling in school? Don't you want them to be able to afford to have a tutor and I mean you would think, but I mean clearly <sighs> I know I would be a tiger mom because even with my little aunt, you know, TT, Aunt Lee, whatever. Like I'm, right. I'm, I'm very, I'm very center of excellence, and right. I, they're not even my kids. And I'm very like, I don't understand. Right. You have all the resources to be more yeah. than mediocre. We're not doing this. And so I think also a lot of the times they would be like, "Well, I'm paying five hundred. She paid five hundred. That's a thousand dollars for the kid." It doesn't really balanced out like that all the time mm-hmm. because I think when you start doing those equal equal she, if I paid and she paid and that's equal where's the time mm-hmm. the time isn't equal so why aren't you pushing that you know what I'm saying like it t- it's a lot mm-hmm. to be able to have a child into two sports I'll just go with sports swimming mm-hmm. and if she's in a tutor you know what I'm saying it's mm-hmm. somebody has to drive that child. That's gas. Yeah. Somebody has to drive that child. So they've been working all day to get them to and from mm-hmm. swimming lessons, to yeah. get them to and from their two, to get them to mm-hmm. and from ballet. Let's not talk about gymnast- the traveling gymnastic parents. Yeah. God bless you. You know, so mm-hmm. those, those, that's, it's a lot of time component mm-hmm. put in there that's outside of, of child support. So if, I mean, if you, now, I'm not talking about the parents that, you know, y'all got issues and the mom won't let you see them or, you know, yeah, you dad or mom are using out. those kind of things mm-hmm. as leverage to put. I'm not talking about that. Mm-hmm. Let's let's t- talk about the people that really can be amicable and, you know, raising two parent home. If you can give more to that child somehow, some way mm-hmm. then do, because it is very, very expensive mm-hmm. to raise a child and that is not just monetary it is time time is one of your greatest currencies okay and it is very expensive monetarily and time wise to raise a child um and so like you said i mean it just makes me think about knowing that like i, I just don't understand people feeling like a person that chooses to only have one child or a person that chooses not to have any kids Mm-hmm. Like it's selfish to me. It's more selfish to do that for somebody else and not want that child, and then not be able to dedicate all that that child needs. That's way more selfish. And then have a child that ends up on the couch because they know you didn't want them. But <sighs> hello, no, and and do nothing. Like mm-hmm. I don't. 
been dealing with. So, Ooh, well, amen. Okay. Um, do with that what you will, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, real quick, we have a Dear Diva segment. Mm-hmm. Questions, comments, concerns, shenanigans, diva advice at gmail.com. That is D I V A A D V I C E at gmail.com. And it goes Dear Divas, I've had trouble in the dating scene. Girl. I prefer my age to be in my age range, but on all the apps, guys are either much younger or much older than me. I'm trying to be open because I do want to settle down and hopefully marry, but I'm concerned about being in totally different phases of life. Hmm. Have you dated outside of your age range? If so, what was it like? And how old is too old or young? Signed, Anonymous. Anonymous. I can't, I don't think I could answer the how old is under 18 is <laughs> definitely too young and illegal okay um so i mean unless y'all are both minors but otherwise under 18 is definitely gonna be too young answer i don't know if there's uh too old i mean i i just know people that are 20 years in in difference and they seem happy and it's a loving relationship. Like, I don't feel like it's a parent-child. I mean, now nah, I've, I've definitely seen it the opposite way. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that there is a too young, too old. I mean, of course, you always hear about the, you know, young young 30-something-year-old that got with the 70-something-year-old, and she hoping he on his way out the door going to be in the <laughs> wheel. And the kids, like, you hear about those things. I don't think. That's the typical situation, right? I really don't think when people are talking about should I date older or should I date younger, they're talking about that. At that point in time, to me, again, I generalize and say I feel like there are motives involved in those kind of situations. But it doesn't have to be. I know they always say it's for love. So um, I think as long as there's not some kind of authority figure and i'm thinking about these teacher student like Uh even in college i'm thinking about these teacher student situations Uh i feel like the age really i don't think it's just the number i think the number matters Mm -hmm. but i don't think that they can be too old or too young um i do believe that people can mature at varying rates Mm -hmm. i do like you said honestly believe that you can not be able to relate to a person because of the age differences when it comes to music and, and just interest life yeah life mm-hmm. like some people just don't have the experiences if i date a 24 year old guy i mean no. No. we're gonna have fun yeah but that's usually gonna be it most of them are not super mature and you know are gonna be looking for the same things that i'm gonna be looking for um but you know, if I date a sixty-year-old guy, I'm, I don't, I don't, I think it just depends on. Like, I think that could that could be probably be fine. You know, I think mm-hmm. too young could be more problemsome to me than too old. So, have you dated outside of your age range, and what was it like? I've dated. I'm trying to think if I've dated ten years younger than me. Not ten, maybe seven, maybe okay. seven years younger. Um, and in that situation, it was the relation, the maturity level was there. Okay. Um, because that particular person had dealt, gone through a lot. So he had matured, right? Mm-hmm. He was caretaker. Like he, he was way more mature than most people gotcha. that age mm-hmm. because of, like you said, he had life. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I have dated older. I've dated 10 years older. And to me, it was, um, done it twice. One I didn't feel like it was any difference in maturity of me dating somebody in my same age. Mm-hmm. And the other one, I felt like it was. So I don't think, that, again, in that situation, the age made a difference. It was just a matter of a person being ready, right? Yeah. Knowing what they wanted and being ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like a lot of the times when you find single men that are much older, um, that they don't tend to want to get back in relationship i feel like because they've been through the divorces they've been through the marriages yeah. most of them have like yeah companion. most of them right mm-hmm. a partner yeah. you know um 
So if, you know, those are just conversations that you need to have to see where that person is on the same page. Because like I said, if they've been divorced and they've, their kids are grown and gone, they might be ready to just be the free person that they couldn't be in their twenties because they got married younger. So that's just the, just the conversation that you have to have. I, I, I'm not opposed to it Mm -hmm. either way. I really am not. Um, so I echo some of those sentiments. I think the thing, first of all, if you're curious and you're on the apps, I say go for it. <laughs> Worst case, you had an awkward, you know, couple drinks. Right. Um, <laughs> I will say, obviously, the 18, like, don't be out here being like a Roberta Kelly. Don't do that. Um, but I will say too old or too young for me, for me, <laughs> if you could be my daddy, Mm. I can't do it. Like, I'm sorry. I think, I mean, that you could be a, like a, some people do that zaddy thing. I don't because I don't, I don't want to think about my daddy I in don't any context Period. of when I'm with my man. I'm I don't want to do that. that. I'm not doing it. But I, I feel like, yes, if you could be my father and I look at his age and you could be like my daddy's little brother. Mm, I don't know how I feel about that. That's I gotta too, ask y'all went to school together. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a little too old for me. Okay, fair. Um, now, I agree with that. Too young. I personally, where I am now, probably would not go under thirty. But again, that's because it is very rare, maturity-wise, and like you say, where you are in life, what you want in life. Um, I don't know that someone under thirty would be on the same page of where I am and what my mindset is. Um, I have not, I mean, I've, I don't count like you've been on one or two dates as like dating. So I, can, I can't I can say I have seriously dated um, anyone much younger than me. Mm-hmm. Like I've dated someone, but they were like, but they were younger, but like we're, we were born in the same year. So it's like, what was I doing? Holding my head up? That doesn't really count. <laughs> <laughs> I have dated older. I have dated, and again, I say this from experience. I have dated somebody who could have been my daddy. Um, And it just, it came into that factor of they had done the divorce. Their kids were, could be my younger siblings. Mm. And it was at a point of, you know, I'm for the companionship. I don't know that I want to get married. I don't know. And so it was cool for a while, but then you think about me wanting the option. Again, even saying on this show is like, I'm still at maybe, but I want to be with someone where it's at least an option, Mm -hmm, even mm -hmm, if I decide not mm -hmm, to exercise mm -hmm, it. So mm -hmm. that didn't work for me. I've also dated about 15 years older than me. So you can't really be my daddy, but you you got some years on me. Okay, I did. And it was a good experience. It was for me. It was a good experience. I will say that... um, generation i felt very courted mm-hmm. um i really enjoyed that yes. i really enjoyed like the chivalry that was just there that kind of old school mm-hmm. um kind of taking care of things taking charge like that did it for me now they do that now i will yeah so <laughs> but you know again a downfall of that sometimes when people are older they do want to take control of things they don't know how to you know turn that off especially if you're younger yeah. yeah, so I would say, like, give it a try. But, again, the most important part is what Quick was saying in terms of making sure that you're on the same page in terms of, like, what do you want? I mean, eventually you have those conversations, maybe not on the first date, but mm-hmm. you have those conversations about what you want in life. Do you want to get married? Do you want to be on the Oprah statement and be partners or whatever? Do you want kids? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really what's most important um, over age, again, as long as they're over 21. Mm-hmm. So. Um, questions, comments, concerns, diva advice at gmail.com. Quick, do you have any tips? I do. So you were mentioning, um, the five to nine earlier mm-hmm. and I just wanted to, um, go into that because again, my son does have a five to nine and I started that actually when he was, do I say in vitro when he was when in I was utero preg- in utero? Yeah. 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 So she I was, was pregnant. I would not, I was insulted myself. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mom. I was pregnant with him. And I started his 529 then. I will say, at first I started in the state that I was in, and I moved to a different state after reading a lot of the small print. So with the 529, you do not have to get your 529 in your state of residency. But there can be tax benefits 
to getting it in your state. So make sure that you are looking through that fine print because it definitely will go through detail, like she mentioned, um, about the penalties that will be used and how it has to be used. If they don't go to college, can it be used for tuition? Can it be used for room and board? Can that room and board be considered an apartment? The doc is in there. You just yeah. got to go through it and pierce through it and decide if it's right for you. And But I will say it's never too soon, never too late yep. to start saving for your child. Um, especially if you're, you know, they're starting to talk about even wanting to go to college. Mm -hmm. You know, it, $50 a, a week, it, it doesn't take a lot of money to start getting that ball rolling, right? You don't have to do that. I mean, college costs tens of thousands mm -hmm. but you don't have to get overwhelmed with that number yeah. um just start small the sooner you start the better mm -hmm. um just start just start even yeah. if you know you right now you got a freshman in high school you're thinking it's too late guess what that's four years mm -hmm. that you've started saving that that child wouldn't have had right mm -hmm. it might be able to pay for books for the first year you anything Order is better than right, right anything mm -hmm. is better than nothing so i would just say start start saving all right, that is our episode. And as usual, follow us on all the things, Divas and Ducats. We are consistent across the platforms, mm -hmm. Facebook and Instagram, www.divasandducats.com, divaadvice at gmail.com. And until then, in the meantime, in between time, have a great attitude. Bye. Bye. Bye.